using moments of reality and continuous improvement to improve quality and retain customers. By Peter Lever. Understanding moments of reality. It's sobering to note that every time a customer interacts with your business, they are provided with an opportunity to evaluate your company and pass judgment. Over the course of repeated interactions, customers are inclined to form an opinion of your company, either positive or negative. The longer the time frame, the more interactions and the more entrenched these opinions will be. If a negative opinion is sustained for long enough, customers are inclined to jump ship and move their business to your competitors. Further, should a negative opinion be formed, customers will engage in negative word of mouth, which will slowly erode your customer base and profitability. Alternatively, should a positive opinion take root, you are likely to be on the receiving end of positive word of mouth publicity. What follows is an overview of a powerful strategic tool, Moments of Reality. The Moments of Reality methodology is ideally suited to guide the development of a tactical level customer services strategy. What's the big deal? It's a known fact, but worth mentioning nonetheless. It costs a great deal more to establish a new customer relationship than it does to retain an existing one. One thing is certain, no customer relationship lasts forever. They all leave us eventually. It's just a matter of time. Therefore, it is essential that we hang on to our customers for as long as possible, which is where moments of reality come into play. To explain by means of a metaphor, Consider your business to be a house. It has a front door through which we bring new customers and a back door through which existing customers are trickling out. Businesses tend to be more attentive to the front door, acquiring new customers, than they are to the back door, the loss of existing customers. We decide that it's time to improve the customer experience and implement a moments of reality exercise. The outcome is as follows. We begin to delight our customers in such a manner that they dwell for longer in our metaphorical home. Our customers are now having such a great time while interacting with us that they do more business with us than had previously been the case. What's more, our customers are so enthusiastic about what a great company we are that they tell their friends. Now we have positive word of mouth helping to bring new customers in through the front door. Because our customers are staying longer with us and the rate at which we are welcoming new customers into our home is ticking up, the size of our customer base is starting to grow. In short, a well-executed moments of reality exercise will see us retain our customers for longer will result in increased customer sales and will drive positive word of mouth, thereby making it easier for us to attract new customers. Touch points. The first step in doing a moments of reality review 
is to identify your customer touch points. A touch point is a point at which you interact with a customer, even if it's just in a small way. It's at these touch points that your customers have their moments of reality and are inclined to form an opinion, either positive or negative, about your organization. Let's have a look at some example touch points. A customer visits your website. A customer visits your Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, or LinkedIn page. A prospective customer wants to open an account. A customer calls into your switchboard. A customer calls in for a quotation. A customer phones in to order goods. A customer takes delivery of your goods. A customer unpacks your goods. A customer signs your delivery note. A customer receives your invoice. A customer receives your statement. A customer phones in with a query. A customer has a problem with an invoice or a statement. A customer has quality problems with your goods. A customer requires technical detail regarding your goods. A sales representative calls on a customer. A customer wants you to increase their credit limit. A customer wants to close an account. It's critical to dig deep when drafting a list of touch points. Even the smallest touch point provides an opportunity to form an opinion, so items should never be written off as trivial. Key to success is pulling together the right people to help in touch point identification. Typically, you would draw in your customer services team, your sales team, senior staff, perhaps the executive and their direct reports, as well as thought leaders across all levels that exist within your business. The Customer Life Cycle When identifying touch points, it is useful to consider the customer life cycle. What follows is a high-level overview of the customer life cycle. Acquire. It is during the acquire phase that new customers are brought on board. Common touch points include the customer applying for an account, the customer requesting a quotation, and the communication of your rules of engagement to the customer. Serve. During the serve phase, the needs of the customer are serviced by the provision of goods and or services. Common touch points are the receipt of goods, the receipt of invoices and statements, the placing of orders and the resolution of queries. Grow. The grow phase sees one attempting to upsell, cross-sell to the customer to add additional value to the relationship and derive incremental revenue. Examples of common touch points include sales representative visits, marketing campaigns, and the provision of quotations. Retain. It is during the retain phase that a customer either becomes an advocate for your company, in which case you can expect to retain them, or becomes a detractor in which case you will more than likely see them leave. Key to this phase is the provision of after-sales service, 
the continual emphasis on adding value as well as relationship management. Evaluating performance. Once you have identified your touch points, it is imperative that you optimize them to ensure that your customers will judge each touch point interaction positively, thereby resulting in positive moments of reality. By way of example, let's assume that the receipt of an invoice document is one of your key touch points. Do your customers like your invoice? Is it easily read? Does it look professional? Is it accurate? Does it provide the detail that they require? Is it easily processed by the customer's accounts department? Is it received by the customer in good time? Perhaps your customers phone in to place orders. Is the call answered within a reasonable time frame? Do you provide an order by email or fax service? Do your customers want to fax or email orders? Are you able to give your customers an order number while they are on the phone? How do you provide customers with their order number if they fax or email you their orders? Are your call center agents polite, accurate and quick? Do your call center agents have the appropriate degree of product knowledge? If the customer can't recall his or her account number, how friendly is the process to establish their authenticity and give them their account number? Are the operating hours of your call center suited to the operating hours of your customers? Is the voice quality of the telephone call acceptable to your customers? In short, all touchpoint failings are identified, a correction plan is developed and then implemented. A moments of reality exercise results in a task level plan. The trick, of course, is to manage the plan to a close, which, as always, is more easily said than done. Putting the customer center stage. As companies grow, it becomes necessary for them to introduce distinct functional areas to make control possible. In the absence of silo-breaking leadership, departments are inclined to cease sharing and cooperating with each other. Enter silo mentality. You start noticing that your sales and marketing departments aren't working together as they used to. In fact, it sometimes feels as if they are pulling in different directions. Your debtors department isn't working as closely with your sales department, which means that credit limit management has become sluggish and orders are being delayed as a consequence. Your supply chain department starts structuring their routing with an eye on cost reduction and they lose sight of the delivery lead times that the sales department have been promising. I am sure that you get the gist of it. All told, silo mentality doesn't paint a pretty picture. Unfortunately, silo mentality forces a shift in focus. The customer is no longer center stage. Customer centricity is, to a degree, replaced by a low-key turf war between functional areas. If left unchecked, the lack of customer centricity 
will erode the company's ability to add value to the customer, which will place it in a weaker position relative to its more customer-centric competitors. Successful companies are customer-centric. They continually focus their efforts on optimizing the value that they offer their customers and thereby prosper. The customer becomes the single point of focus around which all functional areas unite. Staying connected with and responsive to how your customers view your company, its products and or services is crucial to maintaining high levels of customer retention and growth. There is no long-term alternative to customer centricity. For your moments of reality exercise to be a success, you need to place the customer center stage, which is where they belong. Ask your customers. The most logical way of finding out how your customer feels about your company's performance is simply to ask them. It stands to reason that your customers themselves are best equipped to guide the evaluating performance step outlined previously. If your budget allows, it is ideal that you interact directly with your customers to obtain their input. A couple of options available for deriving customer feedback follow. Sales representatives or customer services management. Sales representatives or customer services management personally call on key customers and interview them regarding their touchpoint needs. Should you decide to go this route, it is advised that you clearly brief the team that will be interacting with your customers so that they have clarity as to what the objective of the exercise is and what is expected of them. Remember that customer visits are touch points, so it's important that they constitute a positive moment of reality. Surveys If you wish to do a survey, it is advisable to engage with a suitably skilled independent third party. Brief them carefully regarding what you are trying to achieve and make sure that they fully understand the concept of moments of reality. Your identified touchpoints should be used as a starting point for drafting the survey questionnaire. Anonymous surveys run by independent third parties carry two important benefits. They create no customer expectation that can be tied back to your company. As a result, you stand no risk of introducing a failed moment of reality, which would be a rather embarrassing own goal. They provide an ideal opportunity to benchmark your performance relative to that of your competitors. Areas where your performance falls short to that of your competitors would logically be prioritized for corrective action. On the other hand, you could use the areas where you have the upper hand to entrench a competitive advantage. Mystery shopping. Mystery shopping is an extremely useful tool What's more, it costs virtually nothing. When last did you phone into your call center? How long did the call take to be answered? I am sure that you get the idea. Draw up a mystery shopping script that touches as many touch points as possible and evaluate the resultant moments of reality. Regular mystery shopping exercises are critical to ensuring that service standards are both appropriately pitched and consistently met. Customer Queries 
Customer queries provide a low-cost opportunity for evaluating touchpoint failures on an ongoing basis. To effectively use queries to drive the identification of touchpoints that are failure-prone, it is critical that queries are categorized so that you can identify groupings. Logically, one would prioritize the touchpoints that most frequently result in queries. Customer Forum Establish a customer forum which meets periodically and use the opportunity to acquire feedback. It is recommended that you establish a customer forum at the point in time that you feel that your touch points are taking shape. Establishing a customer forum before you have found your feet may well result in the forum members taking the opportunity to vent, and the session may not be as constructive as you had hoped for. Further, Ensure that you are truly committed to listening to what your customers have to say, as failure to act on feedback provided by a customer forum will constitute a negative moment of reality. Focus Groups Should you be servicing the mass or consumer market, focus groups are an invaluable tool for identifying touch points and ensuring that your business is correctly managing them. It is recommended that focus groups be run by independent, professional third parties so that they deliver their maximum value. Focus groups are similar to surveys in that, if they are run anonymously by an independent third party, you avoid the risk of introducing a failed moment of reality. What's more, independently run focus groups allow you to delve into the touch points moment of reality performance of your competitors. Sanity checking. When aligning your touch points to the needs of your customer, there are a number of questions that need to be answered in the affirmative as a sanity check before you implement your touch point refinements. Details follow. Have I simplified the process as much as possible? Have I cut out as much red tape as possible? Will it leave a positive impression? Am I minimizing customer inconvenience? Am I maximizing customer value? Is it customer-centric? Is this what the customer expects from the touchpoint? Will the customer intuitively understand the process? Is my touchpoint design better than that of my competitors? The sanity check questions that I have provided are merely examples. Every environment is different, so feel free to add and subtract questions as dictated by your context. If a touchpoint has been structured such that each of your sanity check questions gets a yes, you are on the right track. Implement. One or more sanity checks that score a no will indicate that you may still have work to do, in which case it's back to the drawing board. As a guiding principle, the objectives of a moment of reality exercise is to ensure that it is easy for customers to do business with you. If your customers feel that they are having to jump through unnecessary hoops when transacting with you, you will find that they become less inclined to do so. It's not a once-off exercise. The competitive environment is continually shifting, as are the needs of your customers.
It is imperative that you regularly review the effectiveness of your moments of reality to ensure that you continue to delight your customers. Touchpoints should be in a state of continual refinement and a formal review should be done at least annually. It's a time game. It takes time for people to change their impressions. If you historically had moments of reality that were poorly aligned to the needs of your customer, you can expect your customer's mindset to shift far more slowly than you would hope for. Remember that the negative impressions that your customers have was reinforced over a long period of time. A moment of reality strategy requires a long-term vision. Give it time. The end point is worth the application of patience. The sooner you start, the sooner you reach your goal. Rules of engagement. Some time ago, I worked on a project with a client who I will refer to as Acme Incorporated. Acme sells a fairly complex set of intangible services to its customers. They had an e-commerce website that had been underperforming relative to their expectations and they wanted to know why their customers were disinclined to use it. One evening, the Acme team and I were sitting behind a one-way mirror while a focus group of their customers was being led through a discussion relating to Acme's service offering. One of the participants of the focus group was an absolute fan. The Acme team loved him. There were lots of comments like, if only all our customers were like that. Let's call Acme's model customer Mr. Smith. What made Mr. Smith so different? In short, he was well-versed in how to do business with Acme. He seemed to know all the rules of engagement. He also knew a couple of unpublicized tricks that he could use to make the process a little easier. Many of the other participants, particularly the ones that took the opportunity to vent, didn't appear to be well-versed in the rules of engagement. The bottom line is that the better the customer is versed with respect to your rules of engagement, the easier it is for him or her to do business with you. And, as a consequence, the more profitable the relationship. Sadly, companies seldom place much emphasis on communicating the rules of engagement to their customers. When reviewing query volumes in the distribution space, one typically finds that approximately 50% of queries are the consequence of errors made by customers. Why would this be the case? Perhaps half of these customer-led errors are unavoidable. The balance of the customer-led errors are typically a consequence of your customers simply not knowing the rules of engagement. The resolution of queries is an expensive exercise, albeit often difficult to quantify. The more your customers know your rules of engagement, the less likely they will be to make errors in their dealings with you. Consequently, less of your resource will be tied up in query resolution. Perhaps more importantly, you will be saving your customers a great deal of frustration, thereby making it more attractive for them to do business with you. New customers need to be onboarded in much the same way that new staff are inducted into the organization. Ensure that the communication of your rules of engagement to new customers is center stage 
in your new customer onboarding process. Surprisingly, I know many companies that in fact have no new customer onboarding process. New customers are left to figure things out on their own. This practice tends to result in relatively few Mr. Smiths and a lot of customer frustration. Don't just accept the status quo. If your customers don't find your rules of engagement user-friendly, it is time to start doing some touchpoint process re-engineering. Given that your processes and touchpoints are continually being reviewed and refined, it is imperative that your rules of engagement are likewise continually updated. Communicating your rules of engagement is not a once-off exercise. You need to continually be on the search for new mechanisms that you can use to make sure that your rules of engagement are communicated to your customer. Customers are only human. They tend to forget. The tip of an iceberg. Businesses exist to perform a narrowly defined set of activities that result in them delivering value-added products and services to their customers with the eventual aim of generating a sustained profit. Your customers don't have line of sight of these activities. They only see the moments of reality that are exposed to them and the products or services that they buy from you. Those businesses that consistently perform their core activities more effectively than their competitors tend to prosper, provide customers with more value, have higher levels of customer satisfaction, retain their customers for longer, are less wasteful of resources, and, over a period of time, gain market share to the detriment of their competitors. The recipes that businesses use to guide the performance of their core activities are referred to as processes. It stands to reason that a business's core processes constitute one of its most valuable assets, as they are the embodiment of all past learning pertaining to the manner in which products and services are most profitably taken to market. The more efficient and effective these processes are, the greater their ability to translate into customer value, profit, and ultimately, the greater their asset value. Best business practice dictates that all service outages are recorded, resolved, and then analyzed to allow for the identification of areas of repeat process failure. Once identified, processes that tend to result in repeat process failure need to be subjected to detailed study and redesign. This discipline is referred to as continuous improvement. Businesses that do not embrace continuous improvement tend to market products and services that are not adequately aligned to the needs of their customers. This invariably results in them losing market share to their competitors and will eventually lead to their extinction. When a business process is exposed to customers, a touchpoint is created. It is a commonly used analogy that only a small portion of an iceberg is visible. The vast bulk of an iceberg is below the waterline and therefore hidden. Consider the iceberg in its totality to represent a business process whereas the touchpoint is the relatively small exposed portion. The reality is 
that the touchpoint is connected to and is part of an underlying business process. Any revision made to a business process would require that a revision be made to the associated touchpoints. The reverse also applies. Standard operating procedures, SOPs, are typically drafted to outline the human-facing aspect of business processes. SOPs should clearly indicate where touchpoints occur and should provide instruction aimed at resulting in positive moments of reality. The fewer the better. The next logical question when designing business processes is how many moments of reality should I leave exposed? The typical answer is as few as possible. Your customers don't exist solely to interact with you. They have a myriad of things on the go that are competing for their attention. Your touchpoints need to be designed to ensure that your customers remain adequately informed, but don't swamp them with superfluous interaction. If a touchpoint doesn't add value, it goes. If you are struggling to get the balance right, ask your customer. The internal customer. Thus far, we have looked at customer-facing moments of reality. There is no doubt that the most successful companies are, for good reason, aggressively customer-centric. So focusing on the customer is certainly the right place to start when it comes to a moments of reality exercise. It must, however, be noted that you can perform a moments of reality exercise on any stakeholder. Other stakeholders that may be worthy of such treatment are staff, shareholders, the broader community, the government, and the like. Perhaps most importantly, a moment of reality exercise can also unlock value within your organization. What, for example, are the touch points that are in play when your staff members interact with internal departments such as human resources and information technology? Are these internal touch points experienced in a positive or negative manner? Departments such as information technology and human resources are often seen as landlocked, given that they don't interact directly with the external customer. The reality stands that they play a critical supporting role in enabling the delivery of service to the customer, albeit on an indirect basis. Optimizing interdepartmental touchpoints can help to break any departmental silos that may have crept into your organization and can have a positive impact on efficiency. What's more, sensitizing landlocked departments to the fact that they too have customers, albeit internal ones, and that the quality of service that they provide indirectly impacts on the organization's ability to service its customers, sends an important cultural message. Critical success factors. There are a number of critical success factors that one would need to keep an eye on when undertaking a moment of reality intervention. Manage it like a project. As has already been mentioned, a moment of reality exercise results in a task level plan that needs to be implemented if it's to add value. In many ways, 
Implementing a moments of reality plan comes with all the complexities and pitfalls that one would expect when implementing a strategy plan. It is commonly known that organizations often fail in the execution of strategy. Similarly, the implementation of a moment of reality intervention is likely to fail if not carefully managed. It is proposed that you appoint a highly competent program manager to oversee the implementation of your moments of reality plan. Progress made in the execution of the plan needs to be reported to the executive and the appropriate interventions need to be driven from the highest levels should logjams be encountered. Sponsorship The successful implementation of a Moments of Reality initiative needs to be driven from the top. As with any other critical project, it's important to select a suitably empowered project sponsor and to ensure that the sponsor is held accountable for the successful delivery of your Moments of Reality initiative. It may well be beneficial to establish a Moments of Reality steering committee that monitors the implementation and ongoing refinement of your Moments of Reality drive. Communication It stands to reason that your staff need to be briefed regarding your Moments of Reality implementation to achieve their buy-in and commitment. Further, communicating your plan to your staff opens up the opportunity for them to come forward with suggestions for fine-tuning touchpoints that you may have missed. The implementation of a Moments of Reality plan provides you with the perfect opportunity to shift the customer to center stage within your organization's culture. In closing, at its heart, implementing Moments of Reality constitutes a customer services-oriented intervention. Customer service is an intangible concept, which makes it notoriously difficult to implement. Using a Moments of Reality framework renders the provision of great customer service tangible and it provides you with a concrete task-level plan for success. To be an organization that truly provides great customer service is no small feat, but it's an attainable goal. What's more, can you think of a more easily defended competitive advantage than truly great customer service? I thought not. Great customer service is the most defensible competitive advantage and it places the customer exactly where they should be. Center stage. Looking for more? Please visit www.therefore.co.za forward slash sapix to access a PDF copy of this white paper and or download presentation slides. More collateral material will be published to the therefore.co.za forward slash sapix page in due course. Speaker Profile Peter Lever founded Therefore Strategic Technology Services, PTY LTD, in 2006. Therefore's core area of focus is assisting its clients to implement business process management orientated solutions that focus on enhancing quality and improving the customer experience. 
therefore has written a business process management suite, which it deploys into the South African market. Peter has worked across a multitude of industries, including the CFTA, banking, information technology, e-commerce, logistics, supply chain, distribution, consulting, tourism, pharmaceutical, and telecommunications industries. Please feel free to be in touch. Contact details for Peter Lever. Telephone. Country code plus two seven eight three double four seven four double eight three. Email Peter at therefore.co.za. Website www.therefore.co.za. This podcast, as well as the associated white paper, was written by Peter Lever, read by Christian Zamini, and recorded and engineered by Leon Erasmus at the Digital Fanatic Studio in Gallo Manor.